Good morning. We are continuing uh, the studies on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And uh, let me make some remarks about that. Uh, as I served then as an evangelist in the United Methodist Church, I got a letter from the Council of Bishops uh, encouraging every evangelist to teach and speak on the gifts. At the same time, the persecution and the disregard is fomented by our seminaries and the teachers in the seminaries. And so there is double uh, vision and, uh, and, 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 and contradicting thoughts and contradicting teaching within the church about this. And it's, it's rightly so, and it fits perfectly. Because if anyone can stop the move of the Spirit, uh, they stop the actual conviction of sin, and church membership then uh, becomes uh, uh, something that uh, my family did, I did, I will do it, and somebody did. But the people are not changing. There's, there's no change in the life of the church. There's no change in the people. And they remain the same. You know, sheep bite, and there are more uh, uh, tares in church than really wheat. And, of course, uh, the process is that if you can keep them blind and inoperative for 20 or 30 years, uh, millions of dollars then uh, begin to be given because people express by giving, but they don't uh, express by conviction. Conviction that leads to sin, conviction of righteousness, conviction of judgment. And so, uh, according to John 16, Jesus says, I have to leave. If I do, I will send the Holy Spirit, and he will walk aside of you. He is the paraclete. And, uh, and of course, uh, what I'm trying to do uh, with these teachings is to share with you how the gifts operate. You remember when you were in Sunday school and the teacher would say God speaks through uh, a quiet uh, lake and the trees and the birds in the small, the still, small voice. He does. Uh, God speaks through the scriptures. Yes, he does. God speaks through the preaching. Yes, he does. God speaking to the teaching in Sunday school. Yes, he does. But nobody tells the Holy Spirit also speaks for God. And that the Holy Spirit convicts for God. That the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus. We, and so we have, in a way, demonized the Holy Spirit in the life of the church. And, 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 and called the people who... Uh, understand the work of the Holy Spirit, charismatics. And, of course, this is the history. Back to the 1800s, this is the way the church uh, does to anybody that... Uh, and I'm talking about uh, the traditional churches. Now, if you talk about the assemblies of God in the, in the independent churches, they're taking the world. The four largest churches in Brazil who, who uh, have been blessed by God are not uh, traditional churches. But the, the Baptists that have been renewed by the Holy Spirit are bringing thousands. 
the Methodists that are renewed by the Holy Spirit in this understanding uh, have brought in thousands. And those of us here in the States uh, realize that the church is splitting in two and they're empty and the elderly are leaving and the youth programs are, are just very small. And it's a sad thing to see. Why? Because our seminary teachers have taught our teachers to demonize the work of the Holy Spirit, to put down anybody uh, who uh, understands and is led of the Spirit. That is our seminaries, and they are the ones who answer to God. They're the ones who will be convicted by the Holy Spirit. And, of course, to uh, proceed this way and teach this way against the Holy Spirit is a sin that is not be forgiven here or in the hereafter. And so... I want you to know that this ministry stands to correct this wrong and to specifically say without any shame or anxiety or turmoil or anything that if you are against the Holy Spirit of God, you you are committing a sin that is not going to be forgiven. So be careful. Be careful what you say about me because I stand to understand and to teach the work of God. Be very careful. Be very careful. And, of course, my experience with the leaders in my church is that many of them were moved away. Many of them passed away because they came against anybody in the conference, anybody, anybody who would simply say that they were led of the Spirit. And, of course, of course, that's a matter of history. And so I stand today, and I'll stand until God allows me to stand, to teach that nothing wrong with the Holy Spirit. There's nothing wrong with the Holy Spirit. Everything is wrong with those that uh, belittle and accuse and, and, uh, and, and, and persecute those led of the Spirit of God. Thank God I live in America and I can say this. Nobody can shut me up. Nobody. Amen? Okay. Now let's take a look. Today we're going to cover the first gift that is vocal. Remember, I, I, I taught you that there are three gifts that reveal the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, discerning of spirits. This is our seventh, eighth teaching. Is it John? I'm sorry, this is the 11th, 30 minutes. And so we have 11 uh, already lessons that are on uh, YouTube, posted as a series of teachings in this area. And you can go back and listening to 11 uh, teachings. This is uh, 10 teachings. This is the 11th, or the 12th, John. This is the 11th teaching. There are 10 already posted. And so uh, we're just doing this without uh, uh, much preparation. I'm speaking uh, from my experience, and I'm... I'm sharing, and, and uh, so let's take a look at the 11th teaching. Three of revelation, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discerning of spirit. Three power gifts, faith, working, and miracles, and gifts of healings. And three vocal gifts. Now, what are vocal gifts? They're vocal because they say something. They're vocal because it is a, a matter of speaking. And... Uh, and as you speak, the first one is prophecy. It's directly related to faithfulness. 
Because when you serve others, when you edify others, when you build others, when you comfort others, it is a matter of faithfulness. And there is power in serving. This word prophecy here, in order to understand Romans 12 and not be confused, has nothing to do with the work of the prophet. Let me say it again. When you go into 1 Corinthians 12 and you read the word prophecy there, it has nothing to do with the work of the prophet. The work of the prophet is Ephesians 4. It's totally separate. We deal with another type of thing that has nothing to do with 1 Corinthians 12. The word here is prophesying. Prophecy here refers to 1 Corinthians 14.3. So let's take a look at that. Because if you understand that, 1 Corinthians 14.3. It says this. And though... Is that 1 Corinthians 14.3? I'm sorry. 1 Corinthians 14.3. It says... But he who prophesies, speaks unto men. And this is the, the seventh gift. There are three of revelation, three power, and there's three that are vocal. And so, it's the seventh gift of the Holy Spirit, prophesying speaks to to edify, to exhort, and to comfort. Seeing then Romans 12 in this sense, because the word in Romans 12 is prophesying. It is a vocal gift. You see, not too long ago, somebody came up with a questionnaire that everybody fills, and you find out what their gifts are. You, you get involved with talents and gifts. Don't belittle the Holy Spirit by telling somebody that your gift of the Holy Spirit is play piano. Don't be a fool. That's nothing to do with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's a manifestation of the Holy Spirit into your life, given by God. Nobody has a gift. It is a manifestation. It does and then it goes. And so prophesying has to do with edifying, to build, to comfort, to work in the kitchen, to help with the children, to help with the youth, to go to a trip with the youth somewhere, to, to have separate ministries, uh, prison ministries, to have uh, ministries that relate to uh, uh, the poor, feeding programs, uh, ushering in church. Anything you do in the life of the church is prophesying, is the move of the Spirit of God in you to help others and to build others. It is a manifestation of the Holy Spirit in your life. It is a vocal gift. It is something that you do to help others. Now, why it creates so much confusion? Because people confuse prophesying with the prophet. The prophet it is something totally different. Well, let's take a look. Let's go to Romans 
12, and that should sort of help us uh, to take a look at that scripture. Verse 5. Let's take a look at a little more on that. Verse 3. Romans 12. Romans 12, verse 3. Listen to this. For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man who is among you, do not think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according, to, according as God has dealt to every man a measure of faith. So here he's speaking a measure of faith that the manifestation of God in us involves a measure of faith. In your case, you have less faith, and so you're not able to do the things. But in others, there's more faith. And then it says, For as we have many members in our body, and all members have the same office, so being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one to another. This is saying that uh, member of the body, being a part of the body of Christ. So in effect, says that whatever is true according to one is also true according to the other. This does not speak of the offices, but rather being a member of the body of Christ. And so don't confuse this. Because a lot of people see the word office here, and he's talking about dealing with the prophet. No, sir. This is, this is Paul's language referring to, to be a part of the body. And the Holy Spirit in the body uh, moves through each of us, our one body in Christ, and every one member of one another. We're interrelated. It works to us. And then he says, having then gifts according to the grace that is given us. Now, he's going to talk about a gift here. And he's saying, having gifts according to the grace that is given us, to the faith and the measure of faith that is given us. And so, this indicates that in order for the Holy Spirit of God to work in your life, it works in power if your faith increases. If you have more faith, meaning... I spend a lot of time praying. I spend a lot of time in the Word. I, I, I have seven Bible, Bible uh, uh, six Bible studies every week. And uh, it's every morning from Monday to Fridays and then on Thursday night. And then the weekend. So we spend our life in the Word. And so I have a lot of faith. Uh, my ministry survives because I have a lot of faith. And I, I just grow in the Word. Uh, faith cometh by hearing, and so I have a lot of faith. I believe in a lot of things. A lot of things are happening with us. We're moving throughout the countries in the world. There are thousands listening to our Bible study. This morning, there's got to be two, three, or four hundred people listening to me at the, this very moment. It's because I have faith. I stay in the Word. My faith increases. Having then gifts according to the grace that is given us. Whether prophesy, prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of our faith. He is now dealing with prophesying, which is a vocal gift. It's a vocal gift. Now, being a prophet is also a vocal gift, 
but it has nothing to do with 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12 is, when it comes to the vocal gifts, is prophesying, edifying, building, comforting, strengthening. And so he goes in here and says, or ministry. Now, ministry here is not talking about being a preacher, but the, the ability to serve, to minister. The word ministry here is to serve. Look at the Greek, serving others. And then it says, let us, uh, let us uh, wait on our ministering. Mean, mean. It would be better translated if it says, let us minister according to the proportion of our faith. Care according to the proportion of our faith. Build others according to the proportion of our faith. And let us wait on a, he who teaches on teaching. He who exhorts on exhortation. He who uh, gives with simplicity. Uh, he who rules with diligence. He who show mercy with cheerfulness. I'm not saying the mercy is a gift. I'm not saying the exhortation is a gift. I'm not saying uh, that the, who who gives is a gift. I'm not saying those who teach is a gift. It's prophesying. That clears 1 Corinthians 12. And if you have a problem with 1 Corinthians 12, this should stop you from having a problem. You see, there's no clarity on the teachings in the church because the seminaries don't teach this. They dare to teach on the gifts. They run from it. And specifically, the bishops say teach, and the seminary teachers don't teach. And so our church is divided. Most of our pastors are are ill-trained to do any ministry uh, uh, with others. They barely know how to pray. Our churches are empty. We're doing book reports on Sunday morning. And we're trying to be nice to the old ladies in order to get that budget paid and get that, that retirement taken care of. And you see, the church is dying. Now we have a bishop who is a lesbian, and the church is split. I mean, she brings her woman with her. And, uh, and, and of course, you know, uh, uh, there's one large study done by Mayo Clinic. And there's a thousand done by other large hospitals in America in terms of sexuality. And I will teach on sexuality pretty soon. But to be a Methodist bishop, according to the rules of the church, uh, exercising uh, in, in, the, in, the, in Montana on the uh, Yellowstone Conference, uh, it's a sign of weakness. And, and so what I'm saying to you, why are we so weak? It's because we actually... Belittle the move of the Spirit. Oh, I want to hear God through the trees. I want to hear God when He reveals His presence through the Holy Spirit in my life. Let me say something to you that perhaps will get you more upset with me than you are right now. It is impossible to hear God outside of the Holy Spirit. Let me say it again. It is impossible to hear God outside of the Holy Spirit. You hear a lot of allegories. You hear a lot of uh, bad dreams. You hear a lot of, uh, of, of liberal thinking. You hear a lot of, of, uh, of stars and, and birds and trees in the sky, and, and, but you don't hear God. You have a problem with the Holy Spirit. You have a problem in hearing. You're dumb. Can't hear it. You might have a big church. 
There's no conviction. You might. Well, let me quit. You know what I'm saying. And so Romans 12 is dealing with the act of serving others. That's what prophesying means. Serving others. And when you serve others, it really encourages. It builds you up. It blesses you. Go to a... I'm going to give you just a little more. I mean, I think I'm about ready to go. Is that right? Got 10 minutes. So let me go to uh, Acts chapter 6. And in those days when the number of the disciples uh, was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecian against the Hebrews. Because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration of food. The Greek women and the elderly weren't being fed. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, it is not a reason that we should leave the Word of God and serve tables. I mean, uh, wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. Now, what did these seven men full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom did? They began to feed whom we may appoint over this business. So the Holy Spirit told the twelve what to do, the number to choose, and how they were to be chosen. What is that? It is a revelation from God. The revelation from God actually got that feeding program in order. Our ministry feeds over two to 3,000 meals a month. It costs us thousands of dollars to feed the hungry. Only two women do it. They cook every morning. And at this very moment, Kathy Fallon is organizing the meal to be fed, to be given to uh, the poor. This young lady never had an experience. She wasn't trained. She wasn't seminary trained. She came out of our Bible study in Atlanta with her father. And today, her mind is so bright, so sharp, so organized, that she can see things that I haven't seen in that feeding program, and she is deeply involved in coordinating the feeding, and people are coming that are hungry, dying on the hills of Rio de Janeiro to eat the warm meal that we provide through your giving. Samuel, let me ask you this. This is exactly what happened here. What is happening to Kathy Fowler? She is being led of the Spirit to prophesy, to edify, to comfort, to feed, and to love, and to encourage. It is a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. You see, if Mrs. Roberts, that work in your kitchen, in the church, knows this, that she is full of the Holy Spirit, she will be overwhelmed. But you don't tell that. You pay her a salary, and you simply tell her to do good, or you fire her. But she is serving God. It's a manifestation. Prophesying is serving in the church. But we don't want to let them know that they're doing that because if they have anything to do with the Holy Spirit, we're going to have a division in our church. 
That is the type of ignorance that has killed the church. You see, this thinking is so shallow, so weak, so wimpy, that causes us to be a weak church. I know many people in the Athens area, in the Atlanta area in the United States, many churches, in the thousands, all of them, nobody knows who they are. Nobody calls them who they are, but they are servants. They contribute to this ministry, and they are the best help a pastor can have because they're full of the Spirit of God. What do you want? A servant that is full of the Spirit of God or somebody who his heart is on how the Braves win? Tell me. Tell me, tell me about a man called Ryan Brooks in Newland, Georgia, full of the Holy Spirit, serving in a way that is hard to understand because he gives so much, he does so much, he blesses people so much. And I can tell you, Ryan Brooks is one of the thousands and thousands who are serving throughout the United States. They're full of the Spirit of God. How dare you to call them charismatic? I want to squeeze your neck and get your tongue out of your mouth. How dare you? How dare you that you bring your dead, morbid theology and begin to accuse the holy servants of God? How dare you? And so in the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit in me, I come against you today. I come against you, demon of hell, who have isolated the church from the power of God. I come against your theological death and morbid seminary teacher who keeps on teaching the wrong thing and killing the young people of America. I come against you and I shut you up. I prophesy. I speak that you will be convicted by the Spirit of God and get to your corner and stay there. You have no authority. You have no right. You have no authority. And I say in the name of Jesus. Somebody has to do this. Somebody has to say this. Somebody has to come up and say it. Call me crazy. Call me whatever. I believe that the church will survive the attack of the devil they are going through if men of God and women of God are full of the Spirit of God. And if they are full of the Spirit of God, they stop condemning, accusing, and believing the Holy Spirit of God. Verse 4 says, But we will give ourselves continually to prayer into the ministry of the Word. And the same pleased the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen, a man full of the Spirit, and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a prosetite of Antioch. The seven were put together by God. And when they sat before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they lay hands on them, and the word of God increased, and the number of disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, and a great company of priests were obedient to the faith. Now, you're talking about preachers getting out of the kitchen into the open to minister. Why do they accomplish so much? Because they were full of the Spirit. They were full of the Spirit of God. They were, they, you see, our preachers are in the kitchen today. They love the kitchen. They're going to stay hiding in the kitchen. But if you get out of your office and go in the streets and begin 
to lay hands and pray for people. And if you are full of the power of God, you come home with loaded with souls to be received in membership the next Sunday. I want to stop and tell you, prophesying in 1 Corinthians 12 is to comfort, to build, to encourage. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. And I ask you, Lord Jesus, that you, uh, by your Spirit, bind every demon of hell who disturbs and accuses and ridicules the Christians who are full of the Spirit of God. Father, I ask you to remove them out of the church, separate them out of the church, for they are tares that are already judged, for they have stood against the Holy Spirit of God. Oh, God, I pray in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit today. Amen. See you tomorrow.